Welcome to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. I'm Amanda. And I'm Elizabeth. Thanks for joining us today. It's time for a weather update. So, of course, we have Dr. Aaron Wilson as our guest today. Hey, Aaron. Hey, Amanda. Hi, Elizabeth. So, tell us what you do for any new listeners. So, I am an atmospheric research scientist. Uh, I hold a joint position at the Bird Polar and Climate Research Center on the West Campus of Ohio State. Uh, and I'm also the climate specialist with OSU Extension and the Agricultural and Natural Resources Group. Uh, so I like to talk about weather and climate and certainly anywhere where that interacts with uh, agriculture across the state of Ohio and the Midwest. Yep. And as you often point out, uh, most people in agriculture love talking about weather. So it's a good position to be in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Farmers are the best. Uh, they're, they, they're on top of the weather, obviously, and being impacted by it on a daily basis. So uh, yeah, that makes us friends. So the spring wasn't too bad compared with what we've had uh, the past few years. So we'll look back at that a little bit. Um, it did provide some headaches, a little bit of replant. Uh, talking with a farmer yesterday, we decided we're really ready for something normal in our lives. Um, we were hoping it would be the weather. So <laughs> we'll get into the forecast and see if that's something that might happen. Um, what I want to touch on first is a change in what the National Weather Service considers the normal period, because we're going to look back here at spring in a minute. So when you refer to that normal period, it's different than what we've talked about in past podcasts or your past presentations, correct? Yeah, yeah that's correct. And so uh, in the 1930s, National Health Service and NOAA started uh, looking at these 30-year windows in terms of uh, describing what they call average conditions, right? So whenever we talk about comparisons to average, we have to have some time, some period that we're comparing, say, current conditions to. Uh, and so the National Weather Service uses this 30-year window. Uh, but that window, first of all, it, it's important to note uh, this was never designed to be reflective or necessarily captured changes, overall changes in our climate. Uh, the assumption when this was brought about in terms of practice was that the climate is static uh, and doesn't change. And so it provides a, a stable uh, kind of um, uh, baseline for comparing our conditions. Uh, but in fact, every 10 years, we update uh, those normal periods. And so we have just transitioned now from uh, our previous period, which was reflective of 1981 to 2010. And now we use 1991 to 2020 conditions. So, you know, I personally don't like to think about how 1991 has been 30 years ago now. Um, but I have a hard time remembering what things were like back then and definitely don't remember what things were like back in 1981. So could you give us an idea of, you know, how different the new normal is from the old normal? Yeah, certainly. So, you know, essentially what we've done is we've removed the 1980s decade and we've added the 2010s decade. And I think if, if we reflect over the last 10 years, um, I think of immediate, what, what pops out immediately is just how wet it has been. If we think about eight of the top, for instance, eight of the top 10 wettest years in Ohio's history back to 1895 have all occurred since 1990, right? So just by chopping off the 80s and adding that more recent period, we would expect a big jump in precipitation. And that's certainly what we've seen 
Uh, across the state of Ohio for an annual average, uh, our new normals now are about 5 to 10% increase in the annual rainfall. So for instance, here in central Ohio, uh, we've increased around two inches, a little more than two inches of rain per year now uh, as our new normal. So right around 41 to 42 inches of rainfall. So a, a lot of places you know, across Ohio really bumped up a, a good two to three inches in, in that normal uh, amount of rainfall. And of course, uh, the other aspect is that eight of, of the top 10 warmest years have also occurred since 1990. So we've increased our temperatures as well. And across the state, it's anywhere from a half a degree to one degree Fahrenheit on the annual temperature. And again, you know, we talk about this all the time, weather and climate from a weather perspective, one degree, you know, we, we don't even blink, you right, a, a lot of times. But from a climate perspective, in terms of a long term average, that's a significant increase. Um, and, and there are seasonal changes that we've seen that are even larger. For instance, overnight temperatures are a lot warmer. Uh, spring temperatures are a lot warmer fall temperatures are a lot warmer. And so, uh, you know, even though these, this tool was never designed to kind of indicate changes in climate, clearly there's been a change in this normal period by dropping the 80s and adding the 2010s. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I mean, I get that like 30 years is a long time. And a lot of times, like, I probably wouldn't use a fact sheet from the 30 years ago or whatever, but I'm concerned I feel like we've made some headway with the climate change discussion. It's become less political and we've seen the science behind it. Um, but how will that affect as you talk to people about averages and changes? Do you see that having a big impact on that discussion? There's been quite a strong push, certainly through the media and through NOAA to get information, you know, educational materials out about the changes in the normals. Um, and, and to highlight those changes that I just talked about here in the state, I think it's just it's it's just one more piece of evidence from a scientific evidence standpoint that, yeah, we, we, we're seeing changes. We've seen changes, uh, pretty big changes over the last 20 to 30 years. Um, I think it, it all comes down to purpose. In other words, you know, what what are we using these windows for? Um a lot of times now when you talk to municipalities or, or villages that are thinking about things like storm drainage, for instance, and they're thinking about the size of, of, of um, you know, water infrastructure, you know, does 30 years ago, is that really reflective of the changes that we've seen over the last decade? And, and should that be used as a basis? Um, for instance, you know, NOAA came out with a 15-year normal set here as well. The idea being, you know, for those that need more up-to-date information, I think agriculture could be one of those. Uh, you know, what, what's just happened over the last 15 years that we can, that is more, maybe closer to the average that we've experienced over that 15-year period. Um, I, I'm always, you know, it, it's always important to talk about, again, that baseline. I think um, what we do now is, is, you know, from a climate perspective, is we compare what it's like today, say, over the general 100-year mean of the 20th century. Or what was it, you know, what was it like, what it's like today compared to the 1930s or 1920s? We always have to, we, we always have to reference some period of time that we remember or have scientific evidence about that period. Um, all the while, climates, you know, the background warming and the climate's changing. And we're observing our Earth a lot more than we did in the, in, in the past 150 years ago. So all of those things have to be taken into consideration. I think that's one of the things when we talk about 
you know, comparing everything to normal in the recent years, you know, normal just is the variability that we see. And it's been, it's kind of insane to think the extremes that we've experienced just over the last few seasons, um, which moves us right into the next um, thing that we want to talk about, which is the recap of what we've seen this spring. And, you know, we did get a break from what we've seen the last few years, which is exciting in some ways, but really underscores that variability that we just keep seeing year over year. So what did we just experience, Aaron? And, and then, you know, how has that affected what we've been trying to get done in the field these last few weeks or month or so? Yeah. So I think, again, when we think about what our normal is, uh, normal are dramatic swings in temperatures, and we've certainly seen those. Uh, this was the 12th. We had the 12th warmest March on record going back to 1895 and a fairly warm April as well. But we know what happened in May. We actually ran two to four degrees below average in May. Uh, so, again, um, that you know can cause some issues, especially since in, in May we also had some pretty late freezes again after a very warm start to the season. So, you know, dropping down below freezing even in central Ohio around the 13th of May and uh, mid-20s around the 15th of May up in Wausau and there in Fulton County and with frost even reported in Cincinnati on May 30th, May 30th in Cheviot uh, from a Coco Ross observer there. And so, uh, again, these dra dramatic swings in temperature were certainly part of our springtime. Uh, but I think that there were there were windows of opportunities this year, especially with the lack of rainfall, the overall lack of rainfall throughout the season. Um, and, and so that that I think is the big difference compared to the last several years is we did not have nearly as wet of a spring uh, as we've seen, certainly in 2017, 2018 and 2019. Uh, so the spring was fairly dry, you know, not uh, something that we're used to. Uh, we had about five inches across the north and about 15 inches of parts of uh, uh, Brown and Adams County, for instance. So a pretty wide range overall for the spring. Uh, and if you remember back in, in a few months ago, we were I was forecasting a wet spring. Right. And so, uh, you know, we can get into what happened there. We, we talk about the La Nina conditions, for instance, which often bring a weather pattern that's conducive to more rainfall. Uh, even though we had the La Nina, which is cooler sea surface temperatures in the Pacific Ocean, that atmospheric pattern, sometimes there's variability in that as well. And it just did not set in as strongly. And, and really, we avoided a lot of that rainfall. So April uh, ended up being the 30th driest on record uh, for the state. So uh, that allowed, I think, um, you know, we had, again, we had some warmups in soil temperatures. We got some crops in and then, man, it got really cold. Matter of fact, we had heavy snowfall there up to seven inches in, in Cleveland very late in the season in May. Um, so again, these ups and downs and the extremes, uh, that's, that's here to stay, right? As, as far as what we, what we kind of forecast into the future. Yeah. And I think our biggest concern now, you mentioned just five inches of rain across Northwest Ohio, and we're heading into what's typically been a drier season for us. So that's probably a concern with a lot of people. Are we going to have enough rain to get us through the summer and have a decent crop? Yes. And, and that is a very, I think, uh, important question to ask right now as we have now switched into meteorological summer as of June 1st. Um, certainly the cool conditions in May with a little bit more rainfall uh, allowed us to avoid even worse conditions. Uh, so that kept evaporation down. So what precipitation did fall was able to soak into the ground 
overall, we didn't have as many of those extreme downpours that we've seen. And so we didn't see a lot of runoff. And so that's a, also a good indication. But because we, uh, especially across northern Ohio, since we've been dry really since late summer last year, um, a lot of the deeper water, the deeper reserves in the soil, uh, we don't have, you know, we're heading into a summer now where we don't have those really deep reserves of water like we've seen in the several years past. Um, and so once that heat builds, as we're already experiencing this week, that heat's really built this week, um, that, that water's evaporating very rapidly from the surface and crops right now need that water to grow. Of course, we want some of this heat, right, to get those crops reaching, reaching up. Um, but but it's certainly going to evaporate that water fast. And, and so without the deeper reserves, there's still a little bit of what we call internal memory there in the soil, but not nearly as what we've had in the past. And so that's the concern. You know, if we switch into a period of, of a consecutive weeks of dry weather, two, three weeks, the onset of drought conditions will be very rapid right? It'll move in very rapidly and set in. And that's the fear because overall trends show us that months like July and August, you know, we're talking about this, this 30 year normal period that we talked about. Uh, the, the months of August and, or July and August, we've seen actually decreases in precipitation during those months in some areas like West Central and North Central Ohio. And so that's the concern, right? Dry soils usually mean that you don't get as much of that convective thunderstorm activity during the afternoon. Temperatures are higher, it's hotter. And we always say drought begets drought, right? So that's the concern with our soil temperatures right now. Sorry, our soil moisture right now. I think that's been one of the things that really stands out the most about this spring has been normally by this time of year, we've experienced some storms, some of that severe weather, and we just haven't seen that. We've had mostly clear weather, uh, which this time of year concerns me. I'm glad we were able to get in and get planted, but. Yeah, that's a great point. The lack of severe weather has been eerie actually across the entire Midwest and even the U.S. Um, as a matter of fact, the National Weather Service in Wilmington, Ohio, uh, did not issue a severe thunderstorm warning for their warning area during the month of May. So that's the first time since that office has been around in 1994 that that's happened. Um, and, and really, I think we've only had one tornado in Ohio so far this year. It was on the Pennsylvania, Ohio border in Northeast Ohio. So, uh, yeah, quite, quite a, um, lack of severe weather for certain. And we just haven't had the Gulf of Mexico battling that Canadian cold air. We kind of just were in this cold stuck cold pattern for most of May. And we didn't have the, the battle of the air masses there. That's pretty interesting. I hadn't even, I mean, I think it occurred to me at some point, no, we haven't really had any thunderstorms, but I so look forward to the type of rains that we've been having that it soaks in and we don't have flooding. So I think that was, you know, good to see. But um, speaking of thunderstorms or storms, I guess, um, you're predicting hurricane season to be above average, more active. Yeah, so all of the forecasts coming out from the hurricane experts is certainly uh, more active than average. Uh, again, thinking about those normal periods, but um, probably not as active as last year. You know, we had 13 landfalling tropical systems last year, over 30 named storms. Uh, Ohio dealt with a few. You know, we had the ratio from Crystal Wool and, 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 a, and a few things, but we, we kind of avoided the big damage. 
but with hurricane season forecasted to be above average as we head into that late summer period around, you know, typically August, the peak is in September. So as we head into the fall season, we could always bring up some of that tropical moisture. And so that that's always in the offing to think about this time of the year. Uh, but beforehand, you know, it's, it's, um, you know, tropical season is just getting started now. So we, usually we don't get impacted a lot during the month of June and even July. Uh, so we really have to pay close attention uh, to just, you know, how, how much precip that we can get in here, uh, you know, try to maintain that one inch per week so we can keep up with the evaporation rates as our temperatures, um, you know, can't stay in the 50s and 60s all, all summer long. It has a time or two, uh, but, but certainly uh, not expected this season. So Aaron, you know, the, the thing that all of our listeners have been waiting for in this episode, what do you see in store for the rest of the summer? Yeah, so, you know, overall, uh, confidence is, is pretty high that this summer will be above average, uh, warmer than average, uh, both th during the rest of the month of June here, but also the June through August period. Um, one of the things that, you know, this time of the year I'm always mentioning is those, those warmer overnight lows than we've experienced in the past typically because we have more atmospheric moisture around and, and that can lead to warmer than average conditions at night, but maybe not skyrocketing temperatures during the summer. However, again, going into this summer with drier soils, the potential to hit those higher extremes uh, because of the lack of moisture in the, in the air is certainly possible. Again, uh, right now, uh, you know, our confidence in the precip forecast is, is a little low. I would say my, my confidence is low in the precipitation. Uh, overall, it, it does kind of lean near to slightly higher than average, which would be good. I, I think that that would keep us from having, you know, any extreme, severe, extreme drought conditions, minor drought conditions, notwithstanding. So that's really what I think we need, we, we need to pay attention to as we head through the summer. Uh, you know, we were kind of in the midst of this first really widespread heat wave, we had a couple of warm days, certainly in Northwest Ohio. By the way, I didn't even mention in Toledo, uh, they hit four 90, a streak of four days in a row of at least 90 degrees in the month of May. And that's the longest streak since 1962 during the month of May. So that's something that that's, you know, we've not gone without heat, even though overall May, May was cold. Uh, but, but back to kind of this summer, we're, you know, with those, with those drier soils, um, if, if we go two weeks without rainfall, that's really going to slip us into fast drought, you know, onset of drought, and then probably some extreme warmth as well. So it's really a touch. It, it's kind of a wait and see, right? I mean, it, it's always a wait and see, but, but summertime is never a good, uh, uh, an easy time to predict, you know, week to week variability. That's certainly going to be a part of it. But I, I, can't, I hate to keep harping back on the fact that we have drier soils and that, but that's really going to dictate what happens this summer. Well, we appreciate you giving it your best shot. <laughs> we certainly understand. I mean, just like the La Nina was in place, but sure. it didn't lead to anything uh, as far as weather, weather goes. So it's just, it's hard for me to understand not having that meteorological background, but I, you know, we all kind of know that it's pretty, it can be hit or miss. It doesn't do what you want it. The weather doesn't do what you want it to all the time. Yeah, and I think we have a good we, we have a good sign, a good signal this week. You know, we're we're coming off this heat wave. We're we're you know we're expected to cool down a little bit. So the variability is nice. If we're not just stuck in a pattern, uh, then mm -hmm. we can get you know a little bit more rainfall and, and have periods of relief as well, which will help. But uh, everything in in balance, right? Everything in moderation. That's what we like.
why don't you hit us with your resources, Aaron? Ways people can follow you and get yeah, more information, absolutely. that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, we, we have some information through the State Climate Office of Ohio's website, climate.osu.edu. Uh, we're in the midst of doing some transition there to provide a little bit more targeted uh, information. Um, Facebook and Twitter are, are good resources. Dr. Wilson's weather on those and also the State Climate Office website, uh, Facebook site. Uh, we do during the summer growing season, it'll be a bi-weekly two, three minute update on the weather. Certainly be following along with the soil moisture and the, and the, uh, uh, the summer outlook there. So if you want to follow along, those are all great resources. Uh, and you can always uh, send me an email, wilson.1010 at osu.edu. Always love to chat weather and climate. So appreciate the opportunity as always to be on this great podcast and love what, what both of you do here for the state of Ohio. Thanks. Well, a little bit of bonus content. We know, Erin, you like to always include some fun facts in here. And the cicada emergence has been has interesting ties to the weather and the climate. So do you want to give us a quick update on the cicada emergence before you go? Well, sure. A little background. I, I grew up in Mimesburg, Ohio, so southwest Ohio. And, and um, so the cicadas, the first time, 1987, was kind of a fundamental event for me. I absolutely love them. 2004 had them all over the place. Now I'm in central Ohio and I can't find any, except if I go to say high banks or some of the, the state parks. So I'm a little disappointed because I really wanted to be surrounded by these things. I absolutely love them. Uh, but it was pretty, pretty interesting, you know, over the Memorial Day weekend, I was down at Caesars Creek in Southwest Ohio and it was quiet, right? Absolutely quiet because of the cold. Uh, obviously they don't sing and mate in the cold. They like it to be a little bit warmer. Uh, of course, with the heat last week and, and, and this week, they're, they're out there singing their hearts out for sure. So, uh, you know, Southwest Ohio will keep them around for the next couple of weeks, and then uh, they'll be gone in that part of the state for the next 17 years. So they're certainly tied to weather. We were, you know, we expected them about two to three weeks earlier in the emergence, but with those cold snaps that we had in May, it just kept them underground. That soil temperature needs to be around 64, 65 degrees. Uh, so like everything else on earth, they're impacted by the weather patterns and, um, kind of ensures that someone will always at least want to want to listen to me at least one time. Right. So. Hey, podcast listeners, just a reminder to give us a like or subscribe. So, you know, when we release new episodes, if you're enjoying the podcast, be sure to leave us a review also. We appreciate the comments. Thanks for listening to the Agronomy and Farm Management Podcast. Join us again in two weeks for our next episode.